This is the Annex, a sociology podcast. I'm Joseph Cohen from Queens College in the City University of New York. For more, visit theannexpodcast.com. Okay, yeah. So, um, you know, I, I like a few days ago, um, you know, my Facebook feed uh, informed me that there was a little brouhaha going on at Princeton, um, an undergraduate course taught by Lawrence Rosen, who's a professor of anthropology there, um, was uh, embroiled in uh, some sort of conflict um, because uh, Professor Rosen uh, allegedly used the N-word multiple times in the course, uh, in the class that day, and that caused the six African-American students in the class to walk out. So that's what I heard on Facebook. And then um, yesterday, I believe it was, uh, the Chronicle of Higher Education uh, published a story on this. And um, so just to give you a little background, so as I said, Rosen is a professor of anthropology at Princeton, right? And he was, this course is a course on hate speech, blasphemy, and pornography. And, um, and in this course, and, you know, and students, I, I think, have confirmed this, is his first use of the word was when he asked students whether it was worse for a white man to punch a black man or a white man to call a black man the N-word, mm. right? And um, in that first use of, of the N-word, students got a little upset, and then a student basically from from the facebook conversation the student basically said well w- was that really necessary did you have to say the whole word mm-hmm. did you have to pronounce it the way that you did because i don't know if you're all well versed in the use of the n word but mm-hmm. there's certain ways to pronounce it um <laughs> when when it's meant to as a slur and another way to pronounce it when it, when it's meant you know as like something inclusive right um so one's about closure, right? And one's about But wasn't the point that um, he was discussing it in the context of it being used as a slur? Well, so here's the thing. So I don't know. I sure. wasn't in the class. I assume I assume that was mm-hmm. the point, right? So then my question, I mean, my question is how good was he at laying the context for this and whatever, 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 right? We could we could speculate for days, right, about why students got upset, right? But the reason why I bring this up is because there are are a slew of colleges and universities right now who are grappling with issues of um, of freedom of speech and expression. I know here at Georgetown, I was on the, uh, like, I was on the steering committee to rewrite our freedom of speech and expression policy, and we are also now rewriting um, our harassment policy because the harassment policy is seen as undermining uh, our new freedom of speech and expression policy. And, um, and it's a little bit crazy out there, right? So I don't know what it's like on your respective campuses. Oh, actually, I kind of know what it's like at yours. I thought this, I thought this, uh, this thing with, with Rosen was just so like, what an annoying campus <laughs> cliche. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
and and uh, and in particular, I mean, what did he expect was going to happen? And, and in fact, in, in many ways, what happened, you know, he should be happy yeah. uh, because yeah. I assume he was just trying to make an extremely obvious point about the nature and consequences of taboo or ugly speech versus physical violence, and then. The sort of stupid irony is that while he's presenting himself to his class in the grand tradition of, I'm an anthropologist and I'm going to blow your minds yeah. with my insights into the, where, where, the, where, the, where the categories that can't be violated lie in our society, yeah. you know, now, like he and his supporters afterwards, of course, to attempt to attempt to evade the obvious consequences of the thing that he said and how he said it, even if even though the entire point of the exercise was supposedly to draw attention to those consequences. So, you know. Uh, it's enough to turn you into like a second year uh, complete grad student. You know, guess what? If I do something transgressive and kicky, I will in fact get the blowback that comes with being transgressive and kicky. Uh, what the the irony? It's unbearable. Well, but the, what about so, what, do what, do think, what do you think was going to happen? Well, yeah, but I draw a distinction. What the point is not to be transgressive and kicky for its own sake, but to you know spark a discussion about it. And you know, I. <laughs> I, I, you wonder what's interesting too is you'll note the classes on hate speech, blasphemy, and pornography. Uh, I highly doubt anybody, uh, you know, even religiously devout people would have uh, walked out if he said, uh, "God damn it, Jesus Christ!" You know, um, or, or for that matter, I'm done with the, I'm done. I'm sorry. I'm done. I'm done with this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, I did you good day, I, sir. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hello, it is Ash Wednesday. Well, oh, I, 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 I am well aware of that. Uh, but, you know, uh, but, you know, uh, it, or for that matter, even if he showed pornography, uh, I, I, I don't think it would have gotten the same reaction. Well, I think it would have gotten the same reaction. I'm quite confident it would have gotten the same reaction. You did have that case at Northwestern uh, like five or ten years ago where – um, a professor invited a couple into his class to give a live demonstration of sex toys involving power tools. Uh, and uh. <laughs> which, uh, it, you know, I thought that that was okay. conceived because I kind of don't see the pedagogical point of that I exercise. That was yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, whereas this, it, you know, it's much easier to see the pedagogical point. No, so I, I mean, whatever. So let's think about this in context. I mean, we were joking before about being Ash yeah. Wednesday, right? But, you know, um, so number one, it is Black History yeah. Month. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that has anything to do with it, right? Um, and also, like, like number two, I, I do think it is all in the delivery. I don't think it's, I think it's less about the deliverer and more about the delivery mm-hmm. and the ways in which you actually, you actually set the stage for a conversation. Right. You honestly um, believe that? You know, I, 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 I'm I, curious I do. To hear, I'm I curious do. to hear in what intonation I could do it and it would be acceptable. There are many classes, you know, I know historians, for example, who teach courses on the 19th century in the Civil yeah. War and they're reading documents or, or and and then they, you know, they, they prepare the ground uh, with their students just sort of saying, well, you know, this is going to come up um, and here's how we're going to talk about it. Now, that's quite yeah. different a context from instead of saying, you know, here's this word, I'm going to use it in the context of, you know, it's to be as provocative and uh, transgressive as I can. Mm. It seems harder to lay the groundwork, uh, you know, in, in the latter context than in the former. Yeah, you know, so yeah. Gabriel, so it's kind of like, it's kind of like, and, you know, maybe this is a cool segue into your yeah. banter, but it's kind of like the difference between, um, b- between having views that might be seen as some as being provocative sure. um, um, and, and just being malicious, yeah, yeah. right? And so I'm wondering 
I, so I'm wondering whether or not whether or not the problem here is that the students who walked out, right? It, for them, it was less about him using this word, right, uh, uh, as a as a way to be controversial, as a way to spark conversation, and more about them actually thinking that he was just being malicious. Well, I. I, I appreciate the attempt to segue, but I, <laughs> I, but I, uh, I, I, I open to being convinced otherwise, if I were to see a video of this class, but from the nature of the class, the yeah, title of the class, I would bet good money that he was, you know, doing this in, because it was pertinent to the class discussion. And you can't really talk about basically, you know, cultural taboos involving um, speech without using the single biggest taboo in American speech. Um, and so I, I would be shocked if it was anything other than in quotes, basically, of here's this incredibly offensive term and let's talk about why it's offensive. I, I just can't imagine it being anything other, but like I said, I'm open to be convinced if I, uh, saw a tape of the class and saw that like, you know, he was using it as, uh, basically in the second person, for instance, uh, you know, that, that could be excessive. Yeah. But like, uh, well, it seemed like Leslie, go Karen. It seemed like Leslie's point there comes back that um, he was using it in the context of the class, but it sounded like he just kind of dropped it in w- into the conversation, you know, without and uh, again without sort of saying, okay, you know, here's the context, uh, and and doing that it does amount to a kind of you know you're just kind of sideswiping the students as as they go by, um, and and so he could be using it in the in the way that you were describing, sure. Gabe, but. But 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 dropping well, it in that, a way that's that not, that's, was actually that's provocative. Not the, that's not how it's uh, described in the write-ups I'm seeing. But uh, I, like I said, I'm open to I'm open no, to changing enough. my no, mind I mean, if I were to see yeah, a video for the class. Under, so. um, I, I mean, it's mm-hmm. highly I was, possible uh, that he was using it for pedagogical purpose, but did so without a bunch of warnings, you know, beforehand. It could be, but it's also like we all know what the word sounds like. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I don't know if he needs to spell it out multiple times. We've all heard the word. Uh, I don't know if there's like an additional, if the pronunciation or intonation is adding some type of additional information to the student's understanding of hate speech. I mean, uh, there's that p- potential aspect as well. I was just going to say, this kind of reminds me of the Philip Roth novel, The Human Stain, mm-hmm. right? With the difference being that you know, the main character in, in the human stain is actually African-American and no one knows. Mm. Um, um, and, and he, and he uses the word spook, um, and it could be deciphered in any way. Like it could be subject to, uh, it could be subject to interpretation. Um, and the way that he was using it actually wasn't, um, as a, as a racial epithet. Um, and so it was ironic that he gets, he, he ends up having to like go into early retirement or whatever because of it. Um, whereas, I mean, that's not the case obviously with Rosen. Yeah. Um, the, the word, the word was unmistakable. Uh, Marvin right? told me that was a true story. What the human well, not, the, not the bit about the professor in question, uh, being a black guy who was passing as white. But the issue that there were a couple of students who were late to class and um, the professor said, ask the other students, does anybody know where these spooks are? And he meant it in the sense Mm -hmm. of they're ghosts and they're absent or they're invincible. Um, But, 
you know, he didn't know that the students in question were black. And so it was taken as a ethnic slur. And it was a big fracas. I was facing this, I was facing this um, issue myself just this week, I teach this course uh, called Taboo Markets. And we were just getting to the week where we're reading some Mary Douglas and other material on taboo. So you want to you know, shake the students up a little bit. And, and I was trying to think of, you know, well, how can I uh, uh, get them a sense of the sort of visceral response that people have to taboos without ending up as a local news <laughs> uh, and, and, um, that, and this thing was going on, I don't know, I, I don't know if you saw it. I was teaching the course yesterday, which was Valentine's Day, um, as well as Shrove Tuesday. And um, there's this nice, uh, there's a series of videos called uh, Cooking With Your Mouth, Oh. That uh, that you can look up on on YouTube, uh, which is literally this woman with a sort of Nigella Lawson English accent in a in a pristine kitchen, um, preparing various foods using only her mouth uh, and occasionally her hand as the utensil <laughs> for chopping, mixing, and investigating. And it's a good way to if you really want to sort of uh, genuinely gross out your average sophomore uh, in a U.S. <laughs> class. Um, but as I say, not end up on the local Fox News affiliate. This is a good way to uh, <laughs> to do it. Well, Karen, Karen, I like I I don't know if you have a significant other out there, but today is actually Valentine's Day. <laughs> Yesterday was Galentine's Day. So, oh, that's right. You better head off to the drugstore after this interview, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> no, because if I thought it was yes, if I thought it was yesterday, that means you know I probably did something. I can't remember. <laughs> I'm just disappointed to hear that your little uh, class breaching experiment wasn't, um, you know, having them uh, get get a side job as a prostitute or sell a kidney or something like that. Right, we tried that last year, and uh, I was held up before human subjects. <laughs> You've been listening to the Annex, a sociology podcast. For more information, visit theannexpodcast.com. Music is by Lena Orsa. Our production team included Anika Chowdhury and Liseth Moreno. On behalf of the Annex team, I'm Joe Cohen. Thanks for listening. <laughs>